Everybody, you're listening to World Yo Oyster. It's Paula Sanders here. I'm with my co-host, Monica Lorenzo. What's up, everybody? And if you ever do get the opportunity to watch this on camera one day, because we're going to get there. We're there. I promise. We're getting there. You're going to notice that we are in a whole new place in my apartment. We so are. it's pretty exciting. We're now, I think, kind of legit. We've got lighting. So full studio in here. You're going to be able to rent this place out and start making some money off of that. That would be great, actually. See? However, it's completely intrusive to my life. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we even have these really fancy microphone stands, but I actually don't like them. So now we are- We're holding our mics. Yeah, we're like a little ghetto, but that's okay. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, we had, the truth is, is that we really had to get our lives together because today we are going to be interviewing Mr. C.T. Hedden, who is- just the coolest drag artist that you will ever, ever set your eyes on or feast your your mind on. Not only is he, you know, completely brilliant when it comes to fashion and design and all of those things, but he also is incredibly smart, in my opinion, and he has a lot of opinions. So we can't really, we can't wait to get the tea from him. Um, he's coming back from Paris Fashion Week. He just got back, so. I know. I'm so excited to meet him. This is my first CT meeting. I tried to doll up, but I came in looking like the Sergeant General instead of actually <laughs> fashion, fashion forward. So you know what? We're just going to rock with it. He yeah. needs, he's going to steal the show and I'm excited about it. Exactly. I mean, there's there's literally no point to ever try to no. even like- Elevate beyond. Elevate beyond a drag queen. <laughs> no. um, but, but before that. Why don't we get into the pearls of our oysters this week? You want to hear the pearl of my oyster? Wait, is that the pearl in your oyster? Yeah, let's make it that. <laughs> oh my god, okay. The pearl of my oyster is a little sentimental. I celebrated my father's 68th birthday last week. So uh, when I went there to my dad's house, if you listen to Honor Thy Mother episode, my parents met in Miami while my dad was a DJ. So this year he set his DJ system back up. He's only been running off of one turntable, but now he got a second one and a new mixer and he straight up threw a nice dance party in the house, which was awesome. And I also learned about uh, a record that my mom bought him back in the 70s. It was like this rare record that she found and she paid $40, which was the equivalent of like a hundred bucks for this 45 uh, record. And he even had a black uh, piece of tape over the label because he didn't want other DJs to know what he was spinning because he was like, this is the exclusive stuff. And wow. So, Love so that for your awesome. dad. <laughs> yeah. So he's got his headphones and he's doing the, you know, mixing from one song to another, which was quite tragic, but fabulous. It was so fun. We danced for an, a good hour or so. It was awesome. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it was really good. So that was a problem of my oyster because I got to celebrate another year of life with my dad and dance my butt off to, to some good 70s disco. That's what it's all about, truly. Yeah, it is. Truly. Uh, well, my pearl, a little different. Yeah? A little different. Okay. Um, so, you know, my husband and I, we get along about 99.99% of the time. You do. Um, but there is that 0.001 chance that I just might pick a fight. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I did, I, I picked a fight. It was, I think two or three weeks ago. It was whatever, uh, I think president's day was the weekend, right? holiday weekend, three day weekend. Right. Um, you know, three day weekend for us poor people, a holiday weekend for those that are rich and going to St. Bart's or right. skiing. Or skiing or, in Aspen or right. They're taking the private jet just to bop off for those three days because they need a break. Exactly. Exactly. So I decide that I'm going to lay it in to my husband. Oh, 
Yes, for not planning for, for not planning something. Oh, you know, we should have been away. God forbid. Yeah, we should have been away. Meanwhile, this this man, he has planned every ounce and minute of our lives, including including our yeah, our wedding yes. in in Sicily <laughs> that I literally just basically showed up for with my dresses and also like I made it his problem to figure out how I was getting the five dresses um all the way to Sicily, but I digress. I <laughs> So I don't know why, but I just decided I'm going to make this man really feel like garbage for not planning anything. And, um, you know, we get over it. We go to bed. We don't get to go to bed angry. Of course, you not. Never that's, do. that's not what we do in this house. But <laughs> I wake up on Sunday morning and I look in my phone uh-huh. and I see all these notifications and it's my my calendar. And I'm like, what is this? This man has now littered my calendar with With every type of event (laughs) under the sun. He delivers. Including like dinner reservations at 8 p.m. on a Sunday. Oh my God. Yeah, things that- He was like, you want out of the box? I'm going to give you out of the box and I'm going to float your boat, my lady. So the pearl in my oyster- Now you got to show up. (laughs) Yeah, I got to show up. And what I've learned is that, you know, sometimes I just need to shut the hell up. I can't wait for you to be at that Sunday night, eight o'clock dinner thinking about that. <laughs> it's after this. So oh, poor yeah. Nathaniel. it's after this. So on that note, everybody, let's get ready to listen to me talk for another 45 minutes. Cue the music, Mo. Ding. <laughs> My pants are off. I'm unbuttoned. Well, we're just getting, we're sitting, sinking right in. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I love it. Oh, Oscar Sunday too. Oscar, it is Oscar Sunday. Sunday. Oh my God, we should have done like a, oh, we should have done it later and, and, rated, and done the red carpet. That would have been fun. Well, actually. I mean, I can already tell you that it's going to be all about Kate Blanchett tonight anyway. She'll, she is going to win for sure. Did you watch Tar? No. I watched it twice. Tar? No. Tar. Yeah, it's Never insane. Heard of it. Are? How yeah. have I never even heard of this? Never I mean, I'm not a movie like connoisseur to begin with, but yeah, it was like an indie movie, and then you know, it like crossed over to what um, mainstream, and then yeah, and then it blew. Yeah. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. No, I don't. Yeah. Oh my god! I think you're thinking of the whale. Yes, that you're one's really of, good. I don't too, know yeah, why yeah. I knew that. Wait, how, how did wait, you how, know how that? Did that? indie film we know about. <laughs> Wait, from it's Tar? The, oh, I know. Yes, the, the whale. Because yeah. it's the only indie film that, like, we know about. So now that, we're, now that we're warmed up, let me introduce this bitch. C.T. Hedden is an international it boy known and loved for his high fashion looks and larger-than-life personality. A front-row staple at fashion weeks around the world, C.T. is a force to be reckoned with and a darling of the fashion and nightlife communities. Being one of the most coveted queens is hard work, but C.T.'s passion for his craft is undeniable, and we are honored to have the opportunity to learn what inspires him, what his process is, the sacrifices he's made along the way, and what someone who's clawed their way to the top dreams about doing next. CT is fresh off the plane from Paris Fashion Week and ready to spill some pipe and hot tea. So <sighs> CT, welcome to Thank World you. Your Oyster. Thank you girls for having me. I am really happy we made this happen. And... I'm still jet lagged, but we're gonna we're gonna push through. But I'm you don't look excited. jet lagged for one well, second. I'm wearing a pound of fucking makeup. Exactly. So of <laughs> I should have called you for a tip or two. I mean, do you see? I got like Jack Nicholson hair happening. Oh my today. gosh, bye. <laughs> 
CC, it's such a pleasure to have you here. Thank you, girls. And, you know, it's not every day that you get to speak with an artist and learn about their, you know, their process and, and what really makes them tick. So we want to dive in, but I think before we go there, you know, I scrolled to the bottom of your feed and I wanted to get to the, a little bit. Oh yeah. And I wanted to like understand. <laughs> Let me go and do that after this. I wanted to understand, you know, where this all came from and where it started. So CT before the drag, just give me like the two minute synopsis. And then I want to talk about how you got here and what your first kind of experience was with drag and then what inspired you to then go for it. Great. So I have been always an artist in some facets of my life. Um, The drag element is from my mom, period. Like she would dress me up for school. I grew up in like this very waspy, snobby town on the Jersey Shore at Spring Lake. And everyone knew our family because we went all out for every holiday. Like we decorate the house every holiday. It was always the mom and their son decorating the house crazy. But my mom would dress me in three-piece suits at public school and parade me in front of the sign. So, I mean, I owe all of this to her. Uh, so funny. It, that is amazing. We, she we still all that confidence. It's, yeah, it <laughs> is crazy. And, and let me tell you, my mom is my biggest fan and also my biggest critiquer. I love sure. that. Uh, I, I used to FaceTime her all the time when I'm getting ready, and I have learned not to do that now because I'll be at, like, the last step of my makeup process, and I'm like really feeling it. I'm like, okay, bitch, I'm serving. Let me call her. She's like, it's fine. I don't like this color. I'm like, like damn well, it. great. Now I have to be out in this until six Deflated. hours. Yeah, literally. So I owe it all to her. Does your mom do fierce makeup? Like, is she, does she do drag? So, kind of? I mean, like, my I mom has drag. always been a drag queen. And for Halloween, <laughs> we would get our costumes custom made. Like oh it was mo- mom and Frankenstein, mother of the mother of Frankenstein and Frankenstein. And then it was like, we would do like, like Dracula and Drac- the Bride of Dracula. Like, so there was always themes with, with us. So yeah, she, she unfortunately lives in a nursing home now. She is battling severe Parkinson's, but um, I'll call her and the nurses will hold like the phone for FaceTime for her. Aww. So yeah, but she'll still tell me. Of like, course she she's would. Like, I don't know. Like her brain the nurses is sharp. Must love that too. Yeah, this I must mean be it's like- full on over the top, carrying on <clears throat> uh, with her all the time. Yeah. Oh so she's the gosh. best. That's beautiful. Yeah. And then anybody else from your childhood that you felt early on was like somebody that you idolized or really looked up to in terms of like the looks that they were serving. It was always Madonna. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to have this thing. Well, you're a boomer like me too. So no, we- We're not okay. boomers. <laughs> we're it's elder, like we're, we're technically we're millennials. millennials. We're elder millennials, honey. Oh, an elder millennial? Elder millennials. There's like tears of millennialism. Technically yes. there is. Yeah, there is. So there was, do you remember that like CD company called BMG where they would send you mailers and yes. then you could like buy the CDs from like the book? Oh yes. my gosh. Yes. Wow. I know. Whoa. See, I'm bringing it back. So there was always like two or three like- like free freebies and right. my mom would always let me have them and I would it was Mariah Carey, Madonna, and like the neighborhood like kids would call me a faggot all the time. So disgusting. I would get the CDs and put my boombox in the window. Good for you. Open the window and blast Madonna over and over again while Which they were songs? playing like uh Open Your Heart, <laughs> Celebration. Just I mean on fucking repeat, like while they were playing basketball outside. And I would just per- like perform in my room. Good for you. Yeah, it's fucking nuts actually thinking about that now, but sure, sure did. 
Okay, so you're with your mom, and you two are you are you know you're blaming homosexual yes. from the kind of the moment I, of I knew because my fr- my fr- oh my god I'm really exposing myself and we're like Ooh. how many minutes in mm-hmm. we're like we're five. Five. so Go. I was like I grew up in hospitals because my mom is like also a three time cancer survivor like it's like wow. it's she's my hero like I could talk about it for hours and hours. So I grew up in hospitals, like, having to keep busy after school. So I was always doing, like, that's how artistry really started for me. Like, I was coloring and and painting and doing all these different things just to stay fucking busy. And she got me an Aladdin um, paper dolls thing, and he was naked the whole time. Oh, that is the funniest He story. was naked the whole time I knew. I'm pretty sure I had my first experience with Aladdin, yeah. too. I'm oh, not going to lie. On. One jump ahead of this man. One swing. Literally. Yeah, so Aladdin really did it for me. Thank you. But that's, yeah, that was that was how I knew. So for and you, it almost seems to be that it was like the fashion and the glamour of it all. It wasn't necessarily like... You know what we saw. So what most? I mean, nowadays I think the perception of drag is changing, right? I think that maybe it's go changing back every 20, day. Yeah, yeah, maybe think go back twenty years ago. People thought of like you know a a gross bar and drag people. There kind was of just dra- no such thing as as drag as visual artists. Visual it was artists. always some sort of performance elements. But now, for what I do, like you won't really catch me in a Hell's Kitchen bar or a Chelsea bar. But doing what I do is so performative versus like. A, a queen who's doing a number for three minutes, I'm doing it for 10 hours straight. Right, like, right. Like, you could be on stage and give it, whatever, but, like, having to, like, converse with 100 human beings for six to eight hours a night, I'm sorry, that's performative to me. So It's it's definitely much harder than doing lip sync as well because I think that when, the second that you walk into a party, I mean, I've even seen it, you are, compl- not that you're somebody else completely different than who yeah. you are sitting here, but you have this persona and everybody, sure. everybody is looking at you, not just because you're stunning, but you're <laughs> also heads taller than everybody else. So inherently, yeah, she's, she, yeah, she's tall. <laughs> you she's walk tall. in. Yeah. She's tall and everybody is looking. So it's like when everyone's looking, you got to give them something to look at too. Yeah. No, yeah, you got to give it. So the next step for me, I started dressing up, like like doing whatever you want to call it. I started doing makeup. I mm-hmm. guess we'll, we'll say that when I was 14. Mm-hmm. And I was really, I grew up in the MySpace era. Did you uh, have the side bangs? Yes, it was a scene kid, <laughs> of course. Oh, really? And I really, like, mistakenly shaved my eyebrows off for a while. Like, when I came out, I came out. It was like, all right, ta-da, eyebrows yeah. shaved off. And I did, like, full McDonald's, like... The little tiny, like... Arches. Yeah. It Ooh. was, I mean, I really put my, my mom through it, but she was really supportive. I'm, like, looking back, I'm, and... I also like would like glue like pink tracks in my. It was it was a journey, and it, and it really. Mom, and why didn't you step in, mom? It's still <laughs> it's still a journey, which is funny. Like, for there were so many years where I was like, I lo- would look back at photos and be like, what the fuck? What like who let me out of the house like this? Even stuff like five years ago, I'm like. I went through a phase where I was putting like color acrylic paint coming out of my nostrils, like like yeah, like a bloody blue. nose, or? like all, but it, like every day it was like my signature thing. I'm like, what was I? What was I? You were expressing, um, yeah. yeah, you were expressing yourself. Something. But also, I do want to like make it clear: we all look at photos of our own selves <laughs> and think, like, what the hell happened? What yeah. the hell happened? Yeah, but I 
purposely did this on myself to go. Yeah, I mean, I guess we, we all, all did. I put dark eyeliner, a dark liner with like a oh, white you did? lip. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're from Wild. Wild, right? Wet and Wild. I had, I had we that. Had and then we did the crunchy and hair. And then I did, did the crunchy. Of course, I did the crunchy uh, hair. The one where you, I would sit for like hours. Hair gel. We, it was hours, and then you put your hair in a bun and, so, went, to and went to sleep. So you'd wake up, and it basically looked like someone just held your held your hair like this for hours, and it was stiff. So you would walk around and it wouldn't go anywhere. Love yeah, that, that was the yeah, shit. Please. Wasn't like the hair gel like weird colors, like yeah, blue, LA looks. Pink, yeah, LA looks. Yeah, right. LA mm-hmm. looks. Extreme hold number right, ten. And there's like bubbles yeah. in it. It's <laughs> yeah, disgusting. there were bubbles in it. Yeah, disgusting. Yeah. You know, caboodle. Right. You had to have had a caboodle. I I used a fishing tackle box. Oh, that's like adorable. That's very trendy of you. It's really something. <laughs> So now, did you ever get formal makeup training? Because your makeup is so pronounced. I never got actual makeup training. I lied my way through it, as Mm. most artists do. Like, you're like, oh, yeah, can you do this? Can you do bridal makeup? Sure, absolutely. Um, But I learned a lot about- So you were doing on others, though. You were doing makeup on others. Um, And then I've worked on sets before as well. Like, I've done NARS campaigns, MAC, and Laura Mercier. And beauty makeup is completely different than than Mm -hmm. this clownery, whatever you want to call it, because it's so precise. And now, in the new age that we're in, the Kardashian era is over, like, of of retouching. Mm -hmm. There is no retouching anymore in beauty campaigns. So it's like- Fine stippling of any sort of like foundation. It just takes forever. <clears throat> Excuse me. So yeah, so it's completely different world, but it's cool training to have. Yeah. But now your days of being wanting to be behind the camera. Oh are, my are, 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 God, are over. that's over. Yeah, now. that's so over. You want to be in front of the lens. <laughs> me Come too, on. baby. Even though I, I know. Have, like I gotta buy my own camera. We're doing, but- <laughs> we're doing be real on this one. I'm like, okay, who's the subject today? <laughs> it's always it's gonna always be about me, bitch. <laughs> So transitioning then, where was the professional transition for you? It like, kind where of was your when calling? I moved to New York. I met Amanda Lepore and she dragged me out with her as she does. She kind of like kidnapped me and made me part of the family. And next thing I know, I was like dressing differently. And then I was, it was slowly progressing. And then Suzanne Barsh hired me, which it will be 15 years working for that crazy person in, <laughs> in May of this year. And I owe like, I owe my entire career to the both of them. Yeah. Like, it's it's really fucking cool, especially because, I mean, if you're familiar with Suzanne, she's a Virgo, and she gets over people in two seconds. So the fact that she, I have stayed relevant to her is... It's pretty phenomenal. So, so what little nuggets? Out, bitches. What, what little nuggets did you take from both her and and Amanda? I'm still doing it. I mean, Amanda will tell me she's like, "Oh, we need to fix this, this, this." There was also a period of time where I was afraid to wear wigs um, because I I was like, my whole aesthetic is I don't want to come across as a female impersonator. Mm-hmm. I'm more of like a David Bowie, Pete Burns. Uh, boy George type of entity, like gender fluid. Right. That's kind of like my aesthetic. But then I realized like, okay, just get over yourself. Like, yeah. so listening to Amanda has been, has been, she as a very wisdom fold woman. Do you want to hear my Amanda Lepore story? I, I love Amanda stories. So uh, I went to FIT. So obviously- as I my, didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I went to FIT. It makes sense. Uh, it all makes sense. I mean, I've been a drag queen in training. Yeah, much I was going to say. I have, a, I have photos of me in chaps in, my, in kindergarten. My mom dressed me up in literally leather oh, chaps. so there we go. Yeah, Perfect. yeah, yeah. I've shout been doing out to the moms. Shout out to my mom.
they snatch you up right when you get here. So what did you move here? Because you were living in New Jersey, right? But then I, yeah. you were in Chicago for a minute. I was no? all over. Or- I was in Chicago working for Ikram, which is a very, very well-known boutique. That was kind of my introduction into the fashion world. Mm-hmm. It's kind of similar to like Colette or Jeffrey, okay, R.I.P. Okay. Jeffrey, um, or like Maxfield in L.A. Yeah, of mm-hmm. course. I knew nothing about. I I was like seventeen. I was doing modeling there and. Uh, that was during the first Barack's first campaign. And Michelle was there, like shop there. She was a client there. And then I was thrown into it being the assistant for Michelle Obama. I had no idea who they even were. No. Yes. And then that was when the economy crashed. Yeah. So uh, we weren't like our strategy for addressing her or Ikram's was like we were putting her in American brand fashion houses because like Cindy McCain at the time was wearing like $10,000 Laya dresses for 10 appearances a day. We wanted to relate more to the public yeah, and, you know, so it was my job to go and pull from like J crew, white house spec market. That was me. Like it was, did she even write about this though? I feel like in her first book, she wrote about the did. dressing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So you have a part in that darling. I do. And Hello. I actually got in trouble for it too. And luckily it's been past the seven year NDA. So I can talk about it now. Oh, Dish baby. Go. But they, paparazzi would follow me back to the store because they, they had to have known. Right. So there's only like so many places on Michigan Avenue mm-hmm. and this little gay boy is coming in and buying everything in her size and then returning everything except the one item. And then it's on the, the biggest thing was the view. Like, cause when we put her in the sleeve, I mean, and it was the Ikram styling her, trends. but I was the one like doing that. Like, I mean, I fucking picked you it. You were pulling, so. yeah, yeah. How cool. But then they sent me royalties and this huge bouquet. And then I almost got sued because I'm like, I didn't say anything. I'm like, also to be very honest, I didn't really care because I was like, who the fuck are these people? Like, I I was so politically checked out at right. that point in my life. I'm mm-hmm. like, all I wanted to do was do drugs and go out and party, you mm-hmm. know? Like, I had no idea. I didn't give a fuck. Right. I was like, what is it 6 p.m. yet? Is it time to go out? Like, that's the only thing I cared about. Mm-hmm. But what a cool experience. So then- Were you doing drag at this time of your I life? I was or? doing, like, crazy club kid drag. I mean, I was underage, like, going out in Chicago. In Chicago. Um, but once I learned and created a relationship with her- to this day, the coolest woman, like, on the planet. Yeah, she's up there. So we would sit in the dressing room and shoot the stories that this woman would just have. And then I remember being, like, such a little cunty, like, little, like, gay boy and being, like, what are you going to do for gay rights? Like, and, like, all this stuff, like, just to test it. And she's, like, the first term, nothing is going to happen. And then she said, Barack's second term will be focused on equality and things. Like, everything she said came true. Wow. Literally everything she said came true. It's, it, it gives me goosebumps. I just yeah. got chills too. Yeah. yeah. She's like because 75% I do- of the brilliance behind that man, I think too. That experience in Chicago styling for them, how long did you stay in Chicago? And when, then I when was in Chicago less than five years. And then I moved to New York and I was placed in Saks, hated it. Was there for like less than six months. And then I was the assistant manager at Emporio Armani on Madison. And then that was when, like, the nightlife really, like, working for Suzanne. And then I was like, fuck this. I'm, like, leaving retail. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's hard to work until 5 in the morning and then be at a store at 9 a.m., you know? So, at least back then, because back then you couldn't, you said yes to every single thing, whether right. it was, like, $50, $100, like, 
you're out every night because that's how you make your name in New York City. You have to do the work. You can't just like show up to New York and be like, I'm fierce. Like, yeah. no. no one will care. <laughs> so let's talk about the business of drag right. a little bit because sure. it was definitely something that I wanted to, to hop in about because, you know, there's many Don't different- Don't do it. <laughs> there's many- Don't do it. I think that there's probably many different ways to make money. So I would love to hear from you what that journey it's was. It's just changed and- so much now. Like, cause I, like, I really got serious about it. Like when, like obviously RuPaul like has obviously changed it so mm-hmm. much and you know, like it's so much easier now because kids think that like, Oh, you could just get on TV and, and whatever. I'm the, actually the opposite. Like what, during the pandemic, when I was self filming, like I used to get nervous in front of cameras, but in, in front of a hundred people, I'm like stripping naked, spitting on myself, <laughs> rolling around on the ground. Like spreading was, his butt out. Oh yeah. No, if, <laughs> if, if you live in New York, you've seen me naked completely at a nightclub before. <laughs> But it's ironic though because a lot of people like YouTubers and I used to make fun of all that stuff. Like, like I'm like, oh, you're so funny and and judgmental behind a camera, but come in person and let's see how you and are. Let's see how you are. And but the flip I was the is opposite. a real thing. So yeah, so like now going on TV, but that's why a lot of these girls who are on Drag Race don't really make it very far after the show's over because then they're submerged into real life versus like being a TikToker or. A YouTuber, like, and then you have to actually converse with people, and then they're like, oh, you have no common people skills or conversational skills, and that's huge for what we do. We're entertainers. So So you hone that asset Right, there's so many different elements of drag and ways to do drag, and, I mean, there is no wrong or right way, but in order to be in front of a group of people, like, you have to be submerged in that in some way, shape, or form. Otherwise, you get nervous, so... But you have really carved your own niche in drag. You are not doing yes. the normal textbook definition. No, 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 so definitely not. If no. you had to walk in and describe somebody who has no idea what you do, what would you say? I, I mean, I, oh my God, that's such a loaded that's question. A question. That is a really good question. <laughs> um, I like to talk. <laughs> uh, I am, and I get that from my mom as well. Like I can meet anyone and just talk till the end of time. Like, we'll see how many hours this thing is going to be. I hope you guys are ready. We're ready, baby. Um, I I think that finding connections with other human beings is so fascinating to me. So I go, I go back to like, yeah, I'm not lip syncing a three-minute Britney Spears song, but I am being performative in a conversation I have with a hundred people a night. And it's, that is fucking grueling. Like, because mm-hmm. if you're in a bad mood and you have to do it, there is no not doing it. You still have to do it. Like when you're on stage doing a song and I listen, like that is really fierce what those girls do. I I can't do it, but I mean, but also they can't do what I'm doing either. That's what makes drag so cool is that you intertwine each other with different elements of, of, of performance and that's what makes it cool. Yeah. So that's my biggest strong suit is I know how to work a fucking room. How do you feel, if you could just articulate in a way like, how has Indochine helped your career in drag and then vice versa? So the next step is, is now I'm finally getting to say no to things. Okay. Um, I mean, you're, you can't be, you're not handed this career, right? You have to earn it and create accolades and create relationships. And it took me like a, the better part of, of an actual decade to, to build those relationships, to have people take me seriously. Indochine, it's great because like I'm able to network, and that is one thing I am fucking good at. If there is one thing I am good at, the and you best. know, you know this he, about he, me. He whips 
me around and no she introduced I'm like I don't even know who I met today but I met a lot of people it's always funny Amazing. my boyfriend says like whenever we go out I'm, he's like I just want to be out with you like I don't I'm like but it's just it's thrilling like he's always like it's funny watching you like you really you'll love see it. someone and then it gets you like super excited I love networking you love it and that and I, th- that goes back to actually what you were saying earlier about how like other queens are that is your skill I, I changed my answer. Like, without being able to network, you will not get anywhere. And it, I should write a book about it. I love it. It, it gets me hard. Like, I mean, it's, it's truly, like, I, it's because I, it's such a challenge. It's like, oh, if there's like, if Steven Mizell is in and, and like, everyone is terrified to talk to him, I am not. I will talk to anybody. And next thing I know, like I'm going to like his next exhibit or he's shooting me or mm-hmm. you don't know unless like, see how excited I get talking about it. Like I love this. you don't know unless you ask. And if you're afraid to ask, you're never going to get it. So, yeah. and also being persistent. Like we live in a world now where there, again, there's 8 billion people on this planet. If you're not going to do it, someone else will do it. Yeah. So you can't be shameful. You can't be like worried about name dropping or, Whatever, like you got to do what you got to do until if you have the goods to back it, flaunt it. So I know my artistry and I know what I can do and I know what I can bring to the table. So now it's about selling myself to X, Y, Z. And that's another thing that you got to be able to sell it. You got to be able to sell it. (laughs) And you know what I love about you is that you have no problem with making introductions either. Like you, like I said, you have connected me with so many people every time I go, anytime I'm in a room with you, like you're not afraid to share your contacts and your Rolodex. And that to me is like, like that's so stupid. Yeah, 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 yeah. But a lot of people, people especially in fashion, fashion, I know, especially in fashion, I break all the fucking rules. But that's why people probably want to continue to connect with you. There's another level of your career now that is developed out of all of these yes. connections and network. So indulge us, darling. So I was determined. I was I was like, am I either going to go on Drag Race or what am I going to do? Like, what do I want to do in the long term for this? Good. You had your Beyonce moment. What do I want? Right. So, I mean, and the world really is your oyster. I knew I was yeah, going to end up saying it at one point today. So there you go. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I I don't I'm, I don't see myself traveling the world, working in nightclubs and being out until 5 a.m. I just don't see it for me. Mm-hmm. I love fashion. It is my whole world. It's been my whole world for since I can remember. Hello. I mean, in second grade, my mom is dressing me up. What can I do and how can I break boundaries with my art that people have not seen before? So obviously I see the, the the drag race girls sitting front row at shows. I'm like, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it without being on a fucking TV show. And that's what I want to know is how, how. And it's no shade to anyone or maybe a little bit, whatever, whatever you want to, whatever you want to, to think. But like, so I started paying for myself to go to Paris every, twice a year, like getting myself in debt. And now eight seasons later, I just, I just got back this week. I did 15 shows and. There's only one show that I wasn't front row in, but it was it's okay. Um, I mean, but all on my own. And now I'm getting paid to go to these fucking shows. Wait, so let's back up a little bit because I want to understand. So you were sending yourself because... I was sending myself. So you were getting the invite. And then, no. You were the, or no, so you were just, I was you just showed growing. up in Paris. You were just going to go to yes. the parties. Yeah, and then even with that, like, you find the address and then you show up in drag. And again, I don't. it doesn't matter where I'm at, I can talk. To anybody. Right. And working you a door is, is another thing that exhilarates me as well. And you would go to this these parties by yourself? Yep. <gasps> Damn. 
No, I'm no one so in France. Proud of Meanwhile, we need to like pump each other up for four days to go to an event together. Literally. <laughs> and I always say, like, I, I actually was traveling with my publicist this season. Again, this was my eighth season. I have like now like four French friends that like I consider like actual friends. They're hard to like really like get to trust you and just like yeah, so totally. it's not like I was going there and I had friends like yeah I would see people that I know from here but it's like hi mwah, hi fashion week whatever but like right. but then I just kept going and then kept going and kept you going you made yourself and, a staple yeah and now here we are and so now then, you get invited yes and then also but where's the monetary value in this because people don't know so and again it was kind of kind of I'm still figuring it out but I have sorted it out now because it's like all right. What's the goal? Like, because it can't just keep spending like $10,000 to go for a week for what? Like, what's the point? Like, to get your photo taken? Like, just Photoshop yourself on a fucking photo. Like, <laughs> if, I mean, come on. Like, there's who who is going to say that you weren't there? There's so many people that go. Well, so they now might look a, on BFA or whatever. Right. So now <laughs> it's about building partnerships with brands. Okay. So mm-hmm. I have built a partnership with three brands now with Jean Paul Gaultier, with Christian Louboutin, and with MAC Cosmetics. Beautiful. Shout out. I love Shout you all so out. much. And I've been really, no really, big deal, right? really mm-hmm. keen on picking something that is true to me. And also, I'm not going to oversaturate it. Like, I see TikTokers and influencers who are like, we'll just do anything for a paycheck for so many different brands. And that are di- completely different aesthetics, like Gautier, Louboutin, and Mac are all. I mean, you're wearing it right all, now. <laughs> wait, I'm like, yeah, I'm literally wearing it right yeah. now. This is actually Gautier as well, and I'm wearing it on Mac. It's just true to myself, right? So I'm not, I'm now at the point where they call me like a family member, like an ambassador, and the next step is now getting paid for it. So. Mm-hmm. For, I always say, first comes the invite, then comes the free shit, then comes the pay. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm almost there. So get me there. Why don't we talk a little bit about what's going on in the world? With, okay, yeah. Uh, with the, well, with there's the drag, a lot going on. There's a lot going on with the drag performers. And something that I, I am genuinely interested about for you, being that you, you definitely have a different stature than a lot of the girls, even the girls that have been on RuPaul's Drag Race and are having the great careers that are right. at a lot of the same fashion shows as you. Yeah, they're, they're, there they're for, a season and then they're gone. Yeah. Right, but the, and they're there because they were on a television show. Like you sure. have carved your way, clawed your way to the top fully yeah. on you right. and your greatness. Thank and you not, for noticing that too because it's, people don't even realize it. Like they just think that just because I'm at a show front row like that it was like handed to me. No bitch. Like, they might even I assume you were on the here. show. Some people. It, it's sometimes, yeah, they're like drag race, drag race. I'm like, no, no. no. Just because I'm a drag queen doesn't mean that I was on drag race. Yeah. Actually, I fucking clawed my way right. to get here and I still have to work my ass off I mean, while I'm those, here. Those girls on drag race who are in Paris, they're fucking fierce. Like, I yeah. mean, they're... Their fashion sense is incredible. Simone. But so much, like, anything could happen with a lot of money, you know? Like, yeah. so it's like, when I'm spending every last penny to go to Paris and, like, pulling looks together, like, out of my ass, like, sure, like, I I feel like I worked harder. Not to say, not to d- diminish anyone's, like, ethic of work or whatever. But it's, a, it, it is, it is, I'm sorry, in black and white, it is a different, it is a different yeah. thing. Like, you're, you are there because you were thrown into superstardom from a television show. I put, like, I fucking hustled. I mean, we're all, like, again, we're all hustlers, but, I mean, come on. That is what it is. But now let's also think about the other girls that, you know, are really, are lip syncing at a bar in Hell's Kitchen that look at you in a way of, like, 
Do you feel that they might treat you in a different class? Well, the drag, because... yeah, the drag community, we all judge each other. I don't care what anyone yeah. says. It is what it is. We're all shady you're all cons. Re- you're, like, all I mean, it, it, yeah, it, you're all reading. Yeah, you're all reading. It just, it is what it is. Like, I mean, but it's also a sisterhood too. When it comes down to important issues, we all come together. Like right. when it talks about, when when there's things about the trans community, which is super important right now. I yep. can't believe what's happening. We live in New York City, right? So we live in a bubble. So it's like we're impenetrable, you know? Yeah. So taking it's away like healthcare though, outside of our bubble. They're literally taking away. And the then when from- you see things happen in New York City, like like it's like, oh my God, this is happening here. Like, but and but it's happening everywhere. And it's like 10 million times worse. So whenever there's issues that are happening and they have not stopped, like POC, trans people, black trans people of color, you know, it's like, I mean, they're getting killed every day. Like yeah. So it's our responsibility to come together and not take it. Like, so we're always going to keep fighting. So we do come together. We all joke around. We play with each other. Like, we all make fun of each other. But we are all, like, here for the same reason. It what is... can you tell people to do that are not Boat. in the community? I mean, Boat. like, I, again, living in New York City, obviously things will have to be radically different in order to change for the worse here. But we are a very, very small percentage of... Of the country. I mean, what's happening in in Tennessee? What's happening in Texas, Alabama, Florida? My God, don't get me started on Florida. But like Tennessee, like it's it's crazy. Like vote. I mean, everyone's like, oh, it doesn't count. It's rigged. It's like fucked up. But like votes. Like that is the it is the easiest thing to do. You can go online and rant and post whatever you want and and call for action and or donate to this or donate like but that doesn't do anything like mm-hmm. voting truly will be the only way to make things change what does a perfect world look like for you for your community i mean having equal rights is 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 a simple humanity thing yep. mm-hmm. i mean we're born we're all human beings why can't we all just be the same flesh and blood um it won't but it's it's going to i don't see it changing for a long time uh, it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. And I mean, it is already getting worse. Um, and it's it's gonna it's a long road ahead for sure. So let's get back to the art. I think a little bit, yes. right? Would love to learn a little bit more about your process. So exactly how you go about picking the looks and putting the makeup together. And I wanted to know in particular: does the makeup inspire the outfit, or the outfit inspire the makeup? Makeup inspires the outfit. I, I paint first. Um, I sit down with coffee, and then I just start. I I sometimes get into like ruts of like being on TikTok and seeing like beauty trends, but I don't really follow beauty trends. My makeup has obviously evolved over the years, like everyone's. I mean, the more you do it, the more it changes. Um, but there really is no rhyme or reason for me. Yeah. Like, I know that's probably not the most, like, glamorous answer. Yeah. But, like, I used to, like, draw it out, and then it just never went the way that it did, and I just got pissed off about it. What are some of the common misconceptions that you think people have about drag artists? Um, that we like to party all night long, every single night, that we just sleep all day, that we don't have real jobs, that, like, and that is completely opposite of the case. What comes next for right. somebody like you? That was my next so question. So I, this, this, it, it all is going back to fashion. Um, I definitely see myself making moves soon. Um, I really don't see myself being in nightclubs very much longer. I will always continue to work for Suzanne Barsh and Lady Fag because th- those two women have done so much for me and it's more of event stuff, but you, it won't be like some regular like 
weekends club stuff is just not in the cards for me anymore. And it's also just not my brands. I really continue see myself continuing in hospitality in some aspects. Of course, that's it's in my blood. It's in my DNA. That will always happen. Um, but as far as the fashion world, like partnering with brands, being ambassadors, continuing to do shows. It was interesting. This season, I actually was a correspondent for Paper Magazine and mm-hmm. Daily Front Row. And that was my, like fir- that? was my first time doing it. So I definitely need some growth in it because one thing that's really great is interviewing celebrities. No one says no to me because, first of all, they're afraid to say no to a drag <laughs> queen because you don't want to be canceled or yeah. anything like that. Um, but I definitely see myself being more on, on the corresponding team and as a contributor um, because I didn't realize how much I love it, but I really, I really love it. So we'll see what happens there. What's the dream brand for you? Dream brands? Oh my gosh. Uh, in what sense? Like, would it be that like- That you would want to work with them in a collaboration? Westwood, for sure. Okay. Um, which I will well, make you happen. went, Yeah, but you went to the show, no? This and was they, my they, third Westwood yeah. show, but I want to, I want to, like, I would love to be in a campaign for them. What's bringing you the most joy in what you're doing these days? Well, my boyfriend, obviously, which really came out of left field. I can't, like, I never would have expected, like, this to happen. Like, we've, it'll be almost a year this summer. Like, that's great. It was really out of left field. Um, so having a real support system has been great because I, contrary to belief, and this is something, a misconception about, that we are very lonely people. Mm. Like, we put on shows for everyone, but, like, it is exhausting, grueling, and it is incredibly lonely mm-hmm. because we have this barrier up and it's like, I mean, obviously this is a different case right now because I'm, I'm my wall is down and I'm exposing myself, um, but we have to be guarded because we're exploited and we're thrown to the wolves. And so it's, it's really a hard, this is not an easy craft. That's why I say don't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it truly, I mean, it's taken me a lot of years to figure out how how to compartmentalize it to where yeah. you don't get upset about things. You don't, it used to be like, if we didn't get a call for a job, like I'm like, Oh my God, what's going on? Like why? Or, or like invited to a fashion party or, or something like, I'm like, what's wrong? Like no one's likes my art right now. So putting, making it two separate things. So yeah. So I, I owe a lot of that to like my support system that I have right now with my chosen family and like with my boyfriend and stuff. So it's important. Like yeah. to it's important to make the time too because like I work so much. Like I work like 70 hours a week at, at my restaurant and then it, like God only knows how much time I'm how many hours a week I'm doing this, but having to make time for your loved ones and those around you is is incredibly important. Is there anything else that you want to share with our lovely no, I'm listeners? so happy to I mean, I wouldn't do this for many people on a Sunday. You have no idea how grateful I mean, we it are. is the Lord's Day. I could be in a, a building watching some old man in a dress right now. But. This thing is <laughs> Or you could be like not in drag and just enjoying a chill day. So right. Thank, no, no, no. Thank, thank you, you girls for having me so no, much. Thank you oh my gosh, for joining no. us. No, we are. We so you're ready to do drag full time, right? Yeah, exactly. Did I sell it? Where can, where can our followers follow you? You can find me on every platform at CT Hedden. Well, hold on. We're not done yet. We've got some oh, quick well, fire. To, oh, oh. We've got some quick fire questions. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll just take a sip of a drink. No, take it. Oh my God. Let's all I take one. I was really trying okay. to behave. I'm like, oh my gosh, and then I'm just looking all... at the champagne. I'm like, I'm, and I'm just thinking of Amanda's song, Champagne, cheers, right now. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Woo. Let's get to the quick right, fires. Let's do it. If you had a warning label, what would it be? Rinse and repeat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Not, not my new slogan. This is amazing. What are the three things you think about most every single day? Sex, 
Sex. Yeah. Sex, sex, and sex. And money. Yeah. And world peace. Perfect. I love that. <laughs> um, no, I honestly sucks a lot. I mean, but hey, I'm in my 30s, whatever. That's what that's what it's about. Um, no, like realistically, no, I I always think about what's next. Like truly, like that is definitely like the one of the three things. I'm like, where where what's next? Like I know, same so that struggle. that honestly is really, really something that I think about probably all day, every day. It's just that, yeah, honestly, that's probably what I think about more than anything. It's like, what can mm. I do next? It's a sickness, honey. It's lit, yeah, that, yeah, it, it is, is a sickness. It is. That should be the, the slogan, <laughs> it's a sickness. It's a sickness, honey. <laughs> um, if money were no object, what would you do? This. I knew it. And that's beautiful. Really? Mm -hmm. Is that so cheesy? Bring on the cheese. No, because (laughs) so many people can't say that. Yeah, Yeah, no, this for sure. Honestly, even like continuing to work at the restaurant too. Yeah. I think we could ask our last one. All right. Mm -hmm. CT. Uh Uh-oh. How do you take your oysters? Uh, With a little bit of cocktail sauce and lemon. And put the whole world in your mouth. Right in. Put right the in. whole, you know what? That is the perfect way to end this episode. Put the whole world in your mouth, people. <laughs> Thank, Thank you so, so much. much. It was so fun. Thank you so much. We love you. Oh, I love that. Rinse and repeat. Let's Rinse do it again. <laughs> Put the whole world in your mouth. Goodbye. Right, Peace Bye. out. <laughs> Thanks for listening to World's Your Oyster. If you love what you're listening to, be sure to like, rate, and review this episode wherever you listen to your podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at World's Your Oyster. And share this episode with a friend. We'd really appreciate it. Bye-bye.